0: Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. to Matthew chapter 5. That's where we're going to be today, Matthew chapter 5. It is the first book in the New Testament. It is about two-thirds of a way through a paper Bible. And uh, you're also welcome to look up the scripture on your smartphone. Remember, we are live on the YouVersion Bible app. So if you go to events and more, uh, those kind of things, you can find it there. And you can find all the scriptures, all the points, all that kind of stuff there. Okay? And to get us started today, I'm actually going to start with a video. And uh, so turn your attention towards the screen. And this is a video, it's a commercial from a few years ago. Uh, it's a Sprint commercial, so take a look at this Sprint commercial to get us started this morning Sprint honors Lizzie and Kim's call on our new network Ryan is a total hottie McHotterson Avi, he's balls. he's like the hottest hottie that ever hottied He's like a hottie times infinity plus another infinity And his smile is totes adorbs Totes my goats. it's cray cray adorbs Totes my goats. In honor of the important thing. All right. <laughs> now, how many of you have seen that commercial before? A couple, okay, many of you have seen that commercial. Well, if you've never seen that commercial before, uh, it's, I think it's one of the funniest sprint commercials they've ever done, right? You got these two very serious, deep-voiced guys talking about a girl conversation through texting. It's kind of funny, all right? Like, especially when totes, my goats, right? Like that thing. Um, and so I start with that this morning uh, because, of, one, I think it's funny. But also, I actually think it's a good representation of what we're gonna talk about today, which is a pretty serious topic. And that being of how, we look at people of the opposite sex. Pretty serious topic, right? And so I start with funny because I'm going to get serious, okay? It's a pretty serious topic. I mean, right now, I think we're, you would agree that we're living in a very interesting place in our culture when it comes to this issue, right? We're, and very interesting, like uh, some of you may know this, but how many of you know what this hashtag means? Right here. Anybody know what that means? Man Crush Monday. All right. How many of you, that's new information? Okay. Yeah. So now we have something called Man Crush Monday, right, where you can put on Facebook or Instagram, you're a man crush. All right. And I just totally did this on stage, right? All right. We also have this, this, ne- this next one. What's this one? Wo- woman Crush Wednesday. So you can put your best women, woman crush. Okay. Now it's kind of cute if you're married and you put that up of your spouse, you know those kind of things. But but this this is a cultural thing that we it's it's everywhere. Okay, this thing is everywhere. And culturally, folks, the reality is we are being pushed in our culture towards way too much desire, way too much desire, and what often can lead lead to the sin of what, is, what we're going to talk about today—a a biblical word, the sin of lust. We're being pushed away from the things of God, away from purity towards lustful desire. And so because of that and so many other reasons, I think it's an important topic for us to discuss, especially now in 2019, heading into 2020. Many of you know this, we're currently in a series here at Cornerstone called Forward, Pressing Forward, uh, Pressing Through Some of Life's Tough Stuff. And it's a series that we're talking about the tough topics that Jesus talked about in his Sermon on the Mount. And if you're unaware, it's in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And Jesus, uh, he gathers this group of people on a hillside. And uh, he, at the very beginning of his public ministry, and uh, he, he ushers in this understanding of humanity and, and the reality of the kingdom of God and how they're, they're really in conflict with each other, humanity and the kingdom of God. And it really, as you heard uh, Josh Simpson say a few weeks ago, it is still messing with people today. And my hope is today, by the way, I'm just going to be in front of you. My hope is today's topic messes with you. And it's not because I want to like, like just dig at you a little bit, because I think we're living in a very depraved world. Amen. And we need to be different. We need to be set apart. Um, And so again, just to kind of recap the, the sermon on the Mount, right, is has this format and it says, uh, Jesus says to this crowd, he says, you've heard it said, and then he kind of describes what the, the culture may say or, or even at that time, the, the religious people and leaders may have said. But then he says, but I tell you this. And it'll tell us what's going on, ultimately how to move forward in a world that is kind of hurting, how to move forward in, and live life. And so this week, we're gonna talk about how when Jesus got real with them about this issue of purity and lust. And I wanna do the same with you this morning because one, it's scripture. Right? This is not just Matt's opinions. Okay? This is in the Bible. Okay? And I think we're living, and I've already kind of mentioned this, but we're living in a culture of opportunity right now for impurity and lust. We're living in it. I was thinking of a couple of things. Like, we have TV shows like The Bachelor, which basically just is a bunch of makeout sessions, right? I told you I was going to get serious with y'all this morning. How many of you, uh, even this, this kind of boggled my mind this week. How many of you uh, watched the World Series? Watch? You know what happened in the World Series this last week? Two women flashed the camera. It went live to millions across the world. We're living in a season of opportunity. Movies like Fifty Shades of Grey or, or even whatever the weather one is, like Fifty Shades Darker, is that right? Lee has no idea. I'm, I'm a, I don't know. I didn't know anything about it thinking about magazines, right? Like every magazine you see nowadays just feels like there's skin and more skin and more skin. Even the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition really isn't much swimsuit anymore. It's in video games. It's on the internet. It's on Instagram. We folks are bombarded in our culture with sexuality. And none of us would disagree with that. We, We wouldn't argue that fact. I actually was talking to a friend of mine a while back and He and I were in a conversation. He said, you know, I am so darn glad that I didn't have an iPhone when I was in high school because it's just so readily available. It is everywhere. And I thought, man, me too. And I actually found this stat. This stat, oh, it hurt me this week when I found this stat. One in five mobile searches today are for pornography. Let that sink in. One out of every five searches. How many times do we grab our phones And we search things on Google. One out of five of those is for pornography. Folks, this is a serious thing in our culture today. And and I want to up front just tell you, and and because some of you in the room uh, that are females, you may be like, oh yeah, it's all the guys' problem. This is not just a guy problem. This is a cultural problem. Actually now say that they uh, used to be like they were, men were uh, 75%, uh, women were like 25%, but now those numbers are becoming more equal. I was thinking about it like this this week, and um, it's like, uh, we've all done this, right? We've been da- on the, down the freeway, or we've been uh, driving down the street, and we see a car accident, right? And, and we want to look at the car accident, right? Um, because, you know, we want to see what everything's okay, and all that, those kinds of things. Um, and so, what, I, what I'm thinking this week is like, like, like that desire to look at the car accident, folks. We are, we are seeing, we're experiencing car accidents mentally all the time. All the time we're bombarded with opportunity for lust and impurity and so here's what I want you to do this morning I want you to do a mental exercise don't say it out loud okay I just this rhetorical question in your own mind think about this on a scale of one to ten when it comes in the world we live in the culture in which we're living how are you doing with impurity and lust in your life personally where would you put yourself on that scale Just think about that. I mean, just be, and be honest with yourself. I had a friend of mine used to say, play detective on yourself. So play detective. So like, where are you on that scale? Be honest. And when you get that number, I want you to hold that thought. And my hope is today is not, is not to be super, and I just know that I've been praying a lot this week for this message because this is not an easy topic. And so my, 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 my hope is not to beat you up or to make you feel shameful or whatever. I want, I want to give you hope today because there's hope in Jesus Christ when it comes to this issue. Okay, and so I want to give you some tools and insights today. Um, a couple couple of verses as we begin. First uh, Corinthians six eighteen says, "Flee from sexual immorality." So it's very clear God wants us to be different and live different in this culture. Okay, flee from sexual immorality. Galatians five sixteen. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And the key is by walk by the Spirit. We're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. But if we walk by the Spirit, then we won't. We won't gratify the fleshy, lustful desires that we have. And then 2 Timothy 2.22 says, run, with, uh, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. And so we're gonna talk today about these insights, these tools to do that, but to, to really not just, not just say, okay, well, I hope I can do better, but to be able to run towards righteousness. Pursue the things of God. So I'm going to look at a main text from the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus, uh, again, went up and taught this to uh, people on the hillside. It says in Matthew chapter 5, verse starting in 25, uh, actually 27. says, so you you've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. So the title of our message today is Purity, You Only Live Once. And what we've been doing in this series is we've intentionally picked two things that really are in conflict with each other, right? And so uh, essentially starting with purity, right? The thing that we really hope that we're going after and really we really want and God wants us to go after. But then also maybe on the other side, what the world, our culture may be saying here, which is this whole idea of YOLO, right? You only live once. Where the world says, live it up, do what feels good. But Jesus tells us, but I tell you, there's a better pursuit, one of purity and chase that. And that's where we're gonna focus our time today. And so where we're headed today is we're gonna talk about three keys to beating lust and impurity in a world that is screaming it at us because it is being screamed at us and ultimately telling us that it's fine, just don't worry about it when we know otherwise. So let me pray and then uh, I'm gonna give you a couple things to write down. So let's pray. Father, we're just grateful to be together in this place today that we can be in your presence, feel your love to this morning. And God, we pray that as we take a, a deeper look into this part of your sermon on the Mount Jesus, that you would, um, you would do something supernatural among us that no human, my voice, my, my thoughts would not be able to do, but you, Lord, can do among us. That you would change us, that we would be the remnant of, of you, God, that we would live differently than the world is living because, God, it is getting rough and tough in this part of what we're going to talk about today in our culture. In so many ways, God, I cry out to you this morning for help. Just help us, we pray. And you would do something in the next 20 minutes that God, that you would change us for that remnant living. God, we give this time to you and we honor you with it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you can write a couple things down. Uh, We have three things, so I'm gonna try to hit them pretty quickly. Here's the first one, right? Beating lust and impurity requires taking it seriously. Taking it seriously. Uh, I love that picture that's up on the screen there. Uh, serious business going on, right? Little little kitten, kitty cat there. I think sometimes, I know I've been here too, I think sometimes, folks, the reality is that we could look at this and we can go, oh, okay, this is just, yeah, this is, and, and times are coming, it's gonna get worse. And, and we can kind of look at it with, with like kind of the cat, like, oh, there's serious business. Oh, okay, it's not that big of a deal. But the reality is, folks, what we're living in is more like this. Go ahead and switch to that next picture. We're living like that. This is the picture of our culture when it comes to impurity and lust, is that we are being like, really, there's a line. He's ready to devour us. We are getting devoured. We are getting it screamed at us. And so from uh, from the text, I get this in verse 28. It says, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so looking lustfully, basically from that text, equals adultery. That's a big deal. I think that means we got to take this thing seriously. It's more like the lion, like, it's chomping on our head. It's actually a command. It's one of the Ten Commandments, right? And so if looking lustfully puts us in the adultery category and breaking that commandment, then, then I think we need to get serious about trying not to do it. Especially in the culture where it's everywhere. And so I, I think we need to think more, more along the lines of what's in 1 uh, in Timothy chapter 5. First Timothy chapter five verse one and two says, Do not rebuke an old uh, an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. And so, if we're supposed to ladies, treat guys like fathers and brothers, and guys treat ladies like mothers and sisters, that doesn't bring about impurity and lust in that sense, right? I mean, we don't think of our siblings or our parents that way, right? I mean, it'd be something like, it'd be like this. Show that picture. It'd be like, right? Like, ew, that's gross, right? I I think that that's a, I love that that verse is in the scripture, by the way. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Because if... Uh, which i'm going to talk about this a little bit later but i'll give you a couple practical things but if we actually do that right if we actually treat uh older men like like fathers and and younger like brothers and older like mothers and sisters i i don't think that we're going to end up we will be the remnant that i just prayed about amen see the reality is this thing is it's actually a really 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 big deal and i think that our culture is not saying that it's a big deal um Matthew chapter 6. This is also in the Sermon on the Mount. It says, it says, the eye is the lamp of the body. Look at this. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, look at this, your whole body will be full of darkness. Just your eyes and your whole body will be full of darkness. So this thing, this this thing, uh, the, how we how we think and how we see and, and, and what we what we have process in the midst of of people of the opposite gender. It can actually affect our soul. So I like to think about il- ways of illustrating this. So I was thinking about how many of you have ever seen uh, the Jimmy Fallon show when he does the egg Russian roulette. have seen? Okay, awesome. All right. So I'm going to show a picture. This is the, uh, of him doing the egg Russian roulette. If you don't know how this works. Basically what happens is, is they take a a carton of eggs and they hard boil, I believe, uh, eight of them. And so four of them are still raw. And so then they have to pick an egg and then they have to smash it on top of their head. And then hopefully they get the ones that are hard boiled and it doesn't go all their head. But you have a a one in four chance, right? well, that'd be one in 12 chance. So four chances, right, to get an egg. And I think sometimes, right, in our lives, if a raw egg, if you can kind of grab it and you go, oh, this is no big deal, right? like no, This might not hurt me. But then this happens. Go ahead and show that other picture. Next one. Smash it. And then what, what happens is, is it's very quickly, folks, very quickly things can get very, very messy. I don't think there's a single person in here today that you go, you go yeah, I really want to end up with egg on my head. Nobody wants that, but the reality is, if we're not serious about what we're talking about today, we could very well end up with a lot of egg on our head. I've thought about it in regards to my own life. I'm going to get really transparent with you, so because of that, I'm going to actually come down here. Uh, I thought about it in regards to my own life. Um, some of you know this because you know me. You've known me for a long time. But um, when I was in high school and college, I uh, I actually would I. Probably consider what I had, a, I actually had a, a porn addiction when I was in high school and college. Listen, looked at porn a lot when I was in high school and college. And it wasn't only until I, I went on a retreat called the Men for Christ retreat, it was after Lee and I had just, we'd been married for a couple years, that I really started to get serious about taking this thing on. And, and I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have the line on top of my head anymore. So I wanted to get serious. So I got serious about that. And with God's help and, and accountability and Leah even being involved, how many of you know it's really hard to go to your wife and go, ah, gosh, I screwed up. Leah had a lot of tears, a lot of pain in the midst of that. But through all of that, I've gotten to a place where I've actually beaten that addiction, which has been really cool. But I had to get serious about it. I couldn't, I couldn't just say, oh, I want to be better. I had to get serious about it. And so there's some things I'm gonna share with you later today. Uh, this morning, that I think will hopefully help you, help you do that. But so, I, I'm not standing up here this morning saying, all, all, I, I'm, I've lived it, folks. I've been there. And, and there is a better way, and it's, it's God's way of purity. And I, and I hope that uh, some of us will really grasp some of this today. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to come back down here. <laughs> I really felt like the Lord was telling me uh, at this point in my notes, too, that, because um, this whole point right here that we're talking about so far is just that we got to get serious about it, right? We've got to take it serious. It's the line on top of our head. And for a few weeks now, I feel like the Lord has been telling me that I needed to address something else in our body. And it's not, again, I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm not trying to be mean to you. I just feel like this is what God's. this is from the voice of God. I think if we're going to get serious about well, how we view each other and, and purity and, and lust, I think we also, folks, have to get serious about living together. We have to get serious about the fact that living together, if you are in a relationship with, a, with, with someone and you're living with them and you are not married, we have to get serious about the fact that God wants us in a covenant of marriage. Because the reality is, is that for, for us, like if we're talking about purity and lust, outside of the covenant of marriage, living together and sexual activity, it is, it's only going to bring more destruction. Lust is only going to bring more destruction. It's not going to lead you into the path of righteousness. Again, I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm just trying to see, be, like God loves you. See, we just talked about this whole love thing and we prayed about that and we, all that kind of stuff. God loves you too much to let you just keep going on the way you are. We've got to get serious about this. Because living together, you're only gonna, man, I tell you what, I love my wife. But if we were living together before we were married, yeah, that wouldn't have been good. Because she's hot, right? <laughs> So take that for what it's worth. Take that for what it's worth today. Okay? I think we gotta get serious about it. So that's point number one, beating lust and impurity requires taking it seriously. Second thing you can write in, beating lust and impurity requires identifying triggers. Identifying triggers. Uh, What I mean by that is identifying the what what that makes us stumble, okay? Identifying the thing that's creating the lustful things in us uh, getting triggered in the first place. Uh, Back in the text, it says in verse 29, it says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. And I, and I took notice as I was studying the text that it says the right eye, the right eye. The right eye was the trigger. And so for you, it could be Instagram, could be TV shows, could be movies, could be video games, relationships, conversations, stress, emotional needs. The list could go on and on and on and on. But folks, we need to identify, if we're going to get serious, we need to identify the triggers. So I was trying to think about it in my own life, I was thinking about like for me, it's like when I'm um, driving uh, by Krispy Kreme donuts and the hot sign is on. That's a trigger for Matt. you know like there's like little drops of heaven in like the warm ones that come off the convella? Like it's... And so you know, I'm trying to eat healthy, many of you know that and whatever, And so I need to know, right, that, now they used to be free, they don't do that anymore because apparently they're like losing too much money or whatever, it's probably just for me, right? Um, but just identifying the fact that if the hot on is in the trigger, then, then it helps me make better choices in the future. So I don't st- swing in there and grab a hot donut. And I tell people all the time, and I get the privilege of, of counseling with people a lot in this, in this position that I'm in. What is in the light, when we share and we identify the triggers and we, what is in the light, God can do lots of amazing things with to help us. But what is in the darkness, like act like things are no big deal, right? What is in the darkness, the enemy of our soul, Satan, the evil one, he has a heyday with. It says in 1 Peter 5, it says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. 1 John 2, 16, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes from, not from the Father, but from the world proverbs 14 12 there's a way that appears right but in the end it leads to death you see what is in the light god can do things with but what is in the darkness satan has a heyday with and so folks we got to identify our triggers and by doing so what we can what by doing that what we ultimately do and this is so much fun for me because i like to beat up the enemy what what we do is we actually could ask this question we can actually ask the question what lie am i believing What lie am I believing because Satan is the father of lies and he wants to keep us in the darkness and out of light and so he will tell us things to make us believe it. He'll tell us things uh, like watch that movie, search for that thing on Google, engage with that relationship, look over there and so on and so on and so on and and the reality is is that we can end up, these, these things that really maybe at the beginning aren't really that big of a deal that can really become a massive humongous deal. Like, have you ever been at um, like Lake Michigan and you're in the water and like you have some people up on the shore and those kind of things and you're playing and playing and playing and like 20, 30 minutes go by and all of a sudden you're way down the other side of the beach? See, I think that's what happens is the enemy is like, oh, no, this is okay. It's all right. It's fine. And then you start to drift. No, no, that's okay. It's all right. And then you drift some more. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. And you drift. And then all of a sudden, like a year down the road and you're like, how in the world did I get here? I was watching a teaching video on this topic recently on like impurity and, and uh, how to combat lust. And um, the guy in the video made a really cool, to me it was kind of cool, uh, suggestion. He said that when for him, how he was able to get over this and to be a remnant, to, be, to live differently than, than the world, he said that he would, whenever he was triggered to lust, to be impure, he, he would write it down. Now, of course, this is a little older video, so he actually write it on a notebook. Nobody carries a notebook around anymore, all right? But he write it down. He would identify, okay, that's, that seems to be a trigger. But then not only that, is he not only would write down the trigger, but he also would write down the lie at which he was believing in that trigger. And then he would also, then the third step of that is he would write down a scripture verse that would combat that lie. And I thought, man, that's pretty good. That could that could work. Like if we're gonna get serious about it and, and we're gonna identify the triggers and we're actually gonna potentially be able to do this differently, I, I think we've gotta to go to the scripture. We've gotta use the Bible. We've gotta beat down the enemy with what we have because if you try to do it on your own, you're probably gonna fail. But with the help of God and his word and his spirit, man, you could, you could see some great things coming into our lives. And so maybe you wanna write that down. I, if I were you, I'd write, jot that, that. That'd be a good note for you. that's the second thing. Beating lust and impurity requires identifying triggers. Third thing, last thing. Beating lust and impurity requires ruthless avoidance. Ruthless avoidance. Uh, Back in the text in verse 29, it says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, look at this underlines. gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Gouge it out and throw it away. That's pretty ruthless, right? That doesn't sound pleasant. So what that means, when I mean uh, ruthless avoidance, it's intentionally planning out what you will do and what you won't do in regards to this idea. Essentially putting up some boundaries, right? Because if the eye isn't there because it's gouged out, you can't sin with it, right? Because it's gone. So does this take sacrifice? You You bet it does. It takes a lot of sacrifice, I mean, not having a, a right eye would be challenging. But it's better to not have a right eye than for everything to be bad. Colossians 3.5 says, put to death, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Put to death means, by the way, being ruthless. And so what I'm suggesting today is it could be very simple or it could be very complex, okay? Depending on where you need and what, what, where your circumstances are. Um, I was actually thinking about a friend of mine. Uh, no, before I do that, I was actually thinking about uh, something for me. Like just recently, how many of you ever uh, heard of the show, show Designated Survivor? Anybody heard of um, It's Kiefer Sutherland, and if you, you know anything about Kiefer Sutherland, he actually was Jack Bauer in 24, and so in that show, he was the president, which made me really happy that Jack Bauer was the president. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, so anyway, I love the show. It was on uh, Fox for a couple seasons, and then it went off the air, and Netflix picked it up. So I was really excited. They brought it back. And I was like, sweet, this is awesome. I'm so excited. If you don't know, like basically the show, the concept of the show is that like uh, when the, the State of the Union address happens, they have one person to stay back inside in case a catastrophic event happens and they're still a president, whatever. And, and Kiefer Southern became the president because there was a catastrophic event. But anyway, so I was, I started, I was like, so they're bringing the season back. This is going to be awesome, whatever. And so I started watching the first episode. And then all of a sudden there were like these F-bombs everywhere. And there was just a bunch of inappropriate stuff. And to be honest with you, what I'm, the context of why I'm telling you the story today is it became a lust trigger for me. Because when it was off network television, skin became very everywhere. So I watched a couple episodes and Lee and I started talking about it and I was like, gosh, I don't think I can watch this show anymore. And I really wanted to. So I watched one more episode and I was like, because I really love the context of the show, right? It was fun. But I was like, I, I can't. I got to give up the show. So it could be simple, something like that. It really, looking back, it really wasn't that hard. Or it could be like all the way on the other side. It could be very, very complex for us to be ruthlessly ruthlessly avoidant. Uh, I actually had a friend of mine a uh, a few years ago that he actually made it for his cell phone. That he couldn't download any apps on his phone. He couldn't change anything on his phone unless I put his lock code in. Because he needed it. Now, it was really annoying when he wanted to do something simple and he was like, oh, Mac," and like, like all this kind of stuff, right? But it was, can I tell you something? He actually was light years ahead in winning in his purity because I was doing that. And then he got married and his wife started doing that for him, those kinds of things. And so it can be very simple. It can be very complex. But if we're going to win uh, this, this battle that we're in in our culture, that's screaming this thing to us, folks, we have to got, we've got to put to death. And whatever that means for us, we have to put to death. And be willing to put it to death. Again, I'm just going to try to be very transparent with you today. Just recently I was... Um, probably in the last month, Um, I was getting a little comfortable putting to death, to be honest with you. And I realized I needed to reevaluate the things that I were putting to death in my life. Um, Things that I was watching, engaging with in regards to social media, those kinds of things. And I um, I started to become less uneasy about the things that I was seeing on television. I became less uneasy about the things that I was seeing on social media. And because I was dealing with an addiction before in my life, I started to hear sirens go off in my brain. And I think it was the Lord that was telling me that I started to become calloused by our culture. And it became, stuff started to become very regular. And I realized, Matt, you need to wake up or you're gonna gonna die. You're gonna be dead. You need to wake up. How many of you know it's really easy to fall asleep in our culture? And so I I went, uh, many of you know I'm accountability partners with Josh Simpson. And so I told Josh, hey man, I'm getting comfortable. And I need to get uncomfortable again. And so I've been trying to be more uncomfortable with what I'm seeing. And even just preparing this message, by the way, for for this week, I was like, ooh, are some things I I need to actually not, not only just be uncomfortable, I need to cut it off and throw it away. It needs to be far from me. So I started to do that again. And so I want to suggest a few things as we kind of end here of ways that, that I've done and, and it's been helpful for me to be loosely avoidant. So suggestions, you can write these down. Here's your first one. First one, first suggestion is bounce your eyes. Bounce your eyes. Psalm 119 says, uh, 37 says, turn my eye turn my eyes away from worthless things, God. Preserve my life according to your word. Actually, I have a friend of mine, uh, he's a, um, uh, was the executive director at Bear Lake Bible Camp, um, his name is Bob Tizet, and he used to do this purity and holiness retreat, and, and he, he had this thing, this concept that he called left, right, up, down, leave. And he said, so if you, if you start to feel yourself to lean towards, like, impurity and lustful things, he said, you look left, you look right, you look up, you look down, and if you can't stop, then you leave. You look left, right, up, down, leave. And if you, because if you can't stop, and I, and I tell you, that's been super helpful for me. You're like, oh, okay, I look left. Okay, all right, I'm gonna go over here. Oh, okay, I'm going look down. Okay, I'm gonna go over. Okay, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get out of here, right? Left, right, up, down, leave. So that's maybe one practical thing for you. Second thing you write down is commit to prayer. Commit to prayer. Um, again, if we start walking down the path or leaning towards like impure thoughts or whatever, uh, here's what I found that works for me is I pray for that person pray for them because then it brings God into the equation, right? But then, but also it starts to change my mindset. I start to see them in that first Timothy chapter five. I see them as a mother or a sister or a brother or a father because I'm praying for them. Third thing you write down, find protection. Find protection. If if it is necessary, install protection on your cell phone, your uh, computer, your iPads, your devices. Um, There are lots of lots of things that you can use out there. I'm just going to suggest two today if you want to write these down. Uh, One is CovenantEyes.com. I've actually had some people uh, in my past that have used that, CovenantEyes.com. As well as there's another one called X3Watch.com. X3Watch.com. So find protection, implement, implement protection if you need. And I will tell you this, I, please hear me in this. Signing up for protection is not a sign of weakness. Amen. Signing up for protection is a sign of winning in the future. You know what? I'm going to write that down. Please write this down. Signing up is not a uh, Finding protection is not a sign of weakness. I don't have it on the screen. I'm sorry. Finding protection is not a sign of weakness. It's signing up for winning in the future. Write that down. So if you need that, get that. If you need somebody to put something on your phone, you know, then put something on your phone. Do it. It's better. It's better for you, right, to not have your right eye than for your entire body, folks, to go into hell. Sorry, I'm yelling at you. I want better for you, I want better for me. We've got to be ruthless if we're gonna win this battle. Last thing to write down. Secure accountability. Secure accountability. Again, what is in the light God can deal with, but what uh, struggles we hide, Satan will have a heyday with. And so find somebody in your life, like I have with Josh, all right? And, and you can share the triggers with, you can text when you're tempted, you, you can uh, be honest with afterwards when you screw up. I think part of why I've been able to be as ruthless as, and I'm not perfect, by the way, I'm not saying that I'm never tempted or whatever, those kind of things, but I, the reason I've been as ruthless as I have over the last several years of my life is because I've had somebody along my side doing battle with me. Find somebody to do battle with you. How many, two are better than a, in a fight than one. Find somebody to fight with you. So just repeat those, bounce your eyes, commit to prayer, find protection, secure accountability, and they will help you folks gouge it out. And then I wanna end with this. And this is the biggest one. I already kind of alluded to it a little bit already. Folks, we've got to include God in this process. We've got to include God in this process. Uh, Psalm 119 Verse 9 and 10 says, how can a person stay on the path of purity? Look at this. It says, by living according to your word, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your command. See, folks, we need to follow Jesus as best we can, draw close to him, read our Bible, worship him, pray, spend time with him, let him soak into us and ooze out of us to be able to do this stuff well. Because it actually says in Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do, look at this, take this. As a, as a charge for you today, Philippians 4.13, I can, we can do all this through him. Not by you, not by me, but through him. You and I can do all this who gives us strength. He gives us strength, folks, to do it. So that's point number, the Beating in, uh, lust and impurity requires ruthless avoidance. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.